Welcome back to episode 11 of the Super Junior Podcast. I'm your host, Wade Green. Today, I'm going to be joined by my co-host for today, my brother, Andre. It's great to yes, have him sir. back. What's great up, people? I'm glad to be back. Um, I enjoyed the last time I was here. I uh, got into a lot of topics, and I'm ready to do it. Run that back one more time. Yes, yes, yes. Great to have him back. I hope everyone is having a great week and enjoying their weekend. Andre, how you doing? Yeah, I can't complain myself, man. It's been um, a, a stressful week, but a lot of things are going on in the sports world, uh, both NFL, MLB, and NBA. So I can't be mad. Very true, very true. It's been an eventful week. Kyrie Irving and the Celtics, their driving that's happening. LeBron James and the Lakers, always something going wrong with them. James Harden. He was called one of the most unguardable players in history by one of the NBA greats. And then Antonio Brown, he was on the shop and he had an interview Saturday morning. Mr. Big Chess? I'm not calling a grown man Mr. Big Chess ever Paul's in life. Paul's that whole name, by the way. <laughs> yes, Paul is that yeah. whole name. I'm not calling a grown man Mr. Big Chess. Sorry. Sorry, Antonio Brown. I told you that last week. But he had to sit down with ESPN on Saturday morning. Jason Wayne, he made his return back to the Cowboys. We're going to talk about that and more on this episode 11 of the Super Junior Podcast. We're going to start with basketball. The NBA. It's after All-Star break. All the teams are back. We had a few games since the All-Star game, and a couple teams are struggling. The Boston Celtics and Kyrie is definitely one of them. They are 1-4 since the All-Star break. They lost to the Bulls this week. They lost to the Raptors. They got blown out by the Raptors, and Kyrie Irving is struggling right now. What do you think about the Celtics right now, Andre? Um, I don't know if Kyrie is struggling as much as... He doesn't know how to lead a team quite yet. He's doing what he's supposed to do. He's on that, as I call it, that LeBron shit, where he's getting his numbers. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But the people around him, he's basically throwing them under the bus like they need to come up or raise their level up to get to his level. You heard what he said in that interview talking about, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that, tired of these regular season games. I'm... Of course, I'm uh, paraphrasing. But I just want to get to the playoffs, and then we're going to be fine because they got me. Is that, sounds... the, is that a scream LeBron James of class? I don't know what does. It does. I was thinking the same exact thing. As soon as I heard him say that, I was like, that's exactly what LeBron James would say. And I think he thinks he could just flip the switch, just like they used to do in Cleveland. They would have these days and these stretches where they wouldn't play no defense. They wouldn't play good. They would lose a bunch of games. But then they would always say, just relax. Way into the playoffs. We got this. But the thing is, that's LeBron James. You have LeBron James on your team. This is Kyrie Irving. I don't know if Kyrie Irving could just flip the switch and he'll just go in and he'll tell start playing better. I mean... He did it earlier after he called LeBron James. He started making all those assists. He had 10 assists a game. And he was distributing the ball better. He was actually being a leader. So that's what I'm waiting to see from Kyrie Irving. Play like that more often. And I guarantee the team will win. And you know right now, everyone has these stats out there. ESPN, 
Fox Sports One. They always have these stats about Kyrie Irving that the Boston Celtics are 0 6 in their last six games with Kyrie, and then without Kyrie, they're 6 0. So they all have these stats. And then this year, they also said that um, the Boston Celtics record is 28 and 23 with Kyrie and 9 and 2 without. So it's all this stuff that's surrounding Kyrie. Everyone wants to make it seem like it's all his fault. Nah, it's everybody's fault. It's, it it's, is everybody's fault. It's the evens. It's the players. At the end of the day, they're not going to win without Kyrie. They're not winning any chip without Kyrie. Because hands down, Kyrie is the best closer in the NBA right now. I don't believe so that, but we'll talk about that. That's gonna put him over, he's the person that's going to put him over the hump. Yes. Now, it's upon everybody else, like the Jason Tatums of the world, the Jalen Browns. Um need to take a step back, realize they they can't score as much. You can't touch the ball as much. So maybe you play a little bit more defense, focus like uh say Jalen Brown. Just worry about getting defense and getting out on the fast breaks and doing that. Being ready to catch the ball for quick catch and shoots. Exactly. Uh Jalen Jason Tatum, he can play a little one on one, but at the end of the day, he knows the game plan has to run through Kyrie. Um what's his name? Who's his name? Um uh, yeah, not go to Hay. Go to Haywood should just be relegated to the bench. He might not. He might not even need to see the court right now because he's getting abused. You know, he's not getting. No, I felt the the biggest thief of all time in the NBA is Steve Nash. Gordon Haywood is about to be on that list with him. How's he a thief? He, he did have an injury though. Oh yeah, Steve Steve Nash was a thief with the Lakers. He was a thief. He stayed around when he knew his ass couldn't play basketball for like the last three years of his career, but. I would do the same thing. You can't pay what twenty million. I'm pay, I'm staying around too. Yeah, I'm not mad at him, but <laughs> it's not it does not negate the notion that he stole all that money from the Lakers. But I digress. Brad Stevens needs to sit down, look in the mirror, or take Gordon Haywood and like, look, bro, come playoff time, we gonna have to cut your minutes down damn near to zero uh, nah, because can't you can't are cut down. liability. You can't yeah, cut his minutes like, down to those. He's probably, he's probably like a son to Brad Stevens. He is like a son, and that's the issue. But what about you saw that Chris Haynes was talking on the herd with him, Colin Coward. He said that Kyrie is known for being moody, and when he is in one of those moods, the whole team's morale and all their the whole uh, personality of the locker room changes, and is you don't want to be around Kyrie during those situations. So, what do you think about that? That sounds real familiar. Yeah, it sounds it, like Kyrie LeBron 2.0. Yes, it sounds like it sounds like a mixture of Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, which is scary. Kobe, Kobe, on the other hand, yeah, he, he kind of threw his teammates under the bus sometimes. But he quit on his teammates. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, don't, don't, don't why? Why y'all bring up old stuff? He quit on his teammates. He didn't quit on his teammates. Yes, he, he did. He wanted to prove a point. Quit. Everybody in the world in the media was like, oh, uh, Kobe can't do it. Kobe just share the ball more. He need to do this. He need to do that. So he's like, you know what? I will share it more. I will do everything you guys want me to do. And when he did it, nobody wanted to shoot the ball. It's Lord like that story even he always says that Allen Iverson told him. It's 24 seconds in the shot clock. I get the ball. It uh, takes about eight seconds to get across the line. They passed the ball uh, to Eric Snow. Eric Snow passed the ball to Aaron McKee. Aaron McKee passed the ball to um, 
the Kemi Mutombo, and then the Kemi Mutombo passes the ball to Allen Iverson. There's eight seconds left on the clock. What are you supposed to do with the ball? <laughs> Which is true. No one said anything about that, but he did cool in that team because Kobe Bryant, that was a playoff game. If it's a regular season game, cool. Don't shoot the ball, keep passing the ball. This is a playoff game in the first round. And that's what he's wanting. Was, that was that wasn't a good look. It was game seven. I forgot it was game seven. But this point was proven. And what did they do that next year? They got Hal Gasol and they got to the championship. Now they lost. They Kobe won MVP that year too. But they redeemed themselves two years later. So it's all good. But I think Kyrie should take more from Kobe than he takes from LeBron. But it's, I understand why he take more from LeBron because he was LeBron's teammate. And you that, want to that, with him. Being, yeah, and being moody and being standoffish from the team, that's LeBron James. Now, Kobe, on the other hand, he was more strict. Like, he would impose his anger on the players <laughs> as opposed to standing off from them and being by himself. He's like, if you don't get your shit together, you need to, you need to come up to my level right now. And truth be told, it worked. For some players. A lot, of, a lot of players, after they left the Lakers, you never heard of them again. Well, we definitely never heard of Smush Parker again because of Kobe Bryant, so you're right about that. Smush <laughs> <laughs> got his game up. Hey, he should have got his game. There's only a handful of greats who already knew how to be a, a great leader from day one. So Kobe had to learn. I, I, I admit that. LeBron had to learn. Um, and Kyrie's in that process right now, too. So bottom line to this. Do you think Kyrie Irving can flip the switch with the Celtics like he used to do with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Um, I I do think they they are more of a playoff team than a regular season team. Now flip the switch, Kyrie. I think he can. Truth be told, he's been um tested, tried and tested. He has been. Um, now is is everybody else gonna buy in and be like, you know what? Forget my numbers. Let's just play ball. The numbers will come. That's the but thing. Kyrie said today, if the game is close, Kyrie will get you there. That's all he needs. He just needs the game to be close. That is true. I will give him that. He just needs the game to be close, and they will get to the next round or make it to the finals. He, that's all they really need, but I don't know about the rest got, of them. They got the 76ers number. They do. They do have the 76ers I don't know. Number. I don't know what Al Horford does to Joel Embiid, but he got Embiid's number. Nobody else plays defense on Embiid like Al Horford. Now, I'm shocked by that. And, well, like my my concern would be with everyone else that they had to face. What about Toronto? What about Milwaukee now? Like, those are the uh, teams that they really got to worry about. I don't know if they're going to beat Toronto. Don't got no playoff experience. And the Toronto and Kawhi, he's a real deal. <laughs> real deal. I remember years back, when um, Kevin Durant was like, I think uh, Kawhi is a product of the system. That nigga was wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> Completely wrong. But right now, another team that's been struggling since the All-Star game is Oklahoma City Thunder. They won in three since the All-Star game. They lost three straight to the Kings, Denver, and Philly. Tuesday night, they lost to Denver. Russ had another one of those games where he can't shoot the ball. Well, he makes terrible decisions when shot selection comes around, he always wants to take those stupid ass threes or this. I don't know. I don't stand Russ. Why you gotta take the dumbest threes on earth? 
you think you do something well, you'll stay away from it. But uh, he says, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want to do. It's his damn team, so I ain't mad at him. It is his team, but still, like, you got... You got to be smart. Like, pass it to Terrence Ferguson. He shoots better threes than you. Marquise Morris, Jeremy Grant, all those guys shoot better threes than you. Pass the ball up. You're not going to make this shot. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to make it. Let's, let's be real. Nine times out of ten, he's not going to make this shot. If he does make it, you're going to be surprised. and be like, oh, snap, he made it. But it still was a bad shot. So that's my whole thing. Did you see what happened to him in the third quarter of the Denver game when the little kid touched him and decided oh, to hit him? Yeah. Oh, he was luckily he was it was a kid. Cause if I was a grown man, he might have caught them ones and twos. He might have he might have Chris Childs them, and that and that kid would have been Kobe Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is but a funny move. The father, the father, they they didn't seem to care. They, they like, oh, they laughing, joking. Yeah, we on TV now. They should have been ejected or thrown out of that game. You you can't be touching the players when you do that at. Cause you know what? Cause if some random black dude came and just started touching up on your son, you have a real problem. You see what you see about this this uh this story about this white woman calling the cops on a dude because the dog his dog humped her dog. He, she called the cops. <laughs> what the fuck? What the cops gonna do? Not a goddamn thing. You waste uh, your so say so what would have happened if Russ went up to this little white boy and started just touching on him? They would have a fit. Yep. So, same token. I mean, Russ was well within his rights. Now, he, he held himself in a high standard. And he didn't um, bug out. He just told this, the kid, you can't do that. Told the father, you need to check the kid. And that was good on his part. But he was absolutely right in feeling like there, there needs to be some boundaries. You just can't be out here touching the players. You just can't do that. You can't. That's the same thing I said. As soon as I saw that play, Russ gave the father time to check his kid. He looked at the father, looked at the son, waited for the father to say say something to the kid, like, hey, don't do that, don't do that. He didn't, so Russ used it as a teachable moment, went up to him and said, hey, like, don't be touching me. Just remember, like, don't touch me in the game. One of his quotes at the game was classic Russ, and I loved it. He said, be careful. You can't just have your son hitting random people. I don't know him, and he don't know me. He, who talks to a little kid like that? Who would even think to talk to a little kid like that besides Russell Westbrook? I love Russell Westbrook. And he's right. This little kid can't be touching random people. Hmm. A little bit got that uh, entitlement uh, going on there. And they were just laughing. Got to be checked. They were just laughing. Just laughing at the, at the little kid and Russ talking to him. No, don't touch me. But hmm. Russ always, he always has those, um, those run-ins with um, fans, though. He had the yeah. same thing last year with with the Jazz in Utah. Same little situations. You just don't take them. They're too comfortable. Rachel. And they got they got can't go unchecked anymore. So he did he did his job. And speaking about Russ, even though he takes a lot of ill-advised shots, he I will have to give him credit because he has I would say came to an epiphany. I would say. He's, he let Paul George do him. He's gonna, he got out. He got out the way. and said, "Yeah, you do you. You do the scoring, and I will do everything else. I'll get the rebounds. I will assist everybody. He's made everybody better on his team. And he's kind of the detriment of himself. Um, but he's made. He turned a corner. I, I feel. Um, now, is it gonna be enough to take on the Golden State Warriors? No, I don't think so. I don't I- think. So. 
But I don't. If he had did this while KD was there, they met. They they would have had some. True, but you grow and you learn from mistakes. But also, I think it could be enough if Russ plays the way he's playing, like getting his teammates involved, still deferring to Paul George, and he actually. This changes his shot selection. Just take more mid-range jumpers, and during when, when they don't play games, just work on his mid-range shot. They could go up against Golden State, and I think take them to seven games because Russ is making consistent mid-range jumpers. Forget shooting threes. Stop shooting those. Just keep making consistent mid-range jumpers. Instead of getting zero points, get at least two points when you shoot. That will help Oklahoma City Thunder because then was, people are going to have to respect his shot. That used to be his game. He used to run full speed, stop on a dime, pull up mid-range. Boom. I don't know what what's how he went away from that, but that was his game. And that worked. Or if they thought he was gonna stop on a dime, he'll like do a hesitation move and go to the basket. This yep. whole taking uh nine threes a game and hitting one, nah. That gotta be deaded. Quick. If y'all trying to if y'all trying to make some moves in the playoffs, because they'll end up playing uh, I think right now they're third. So they'll play Utah, who embarrassed them last year. So they might want to get some get back on that. Yeah. Um, or they'll play, who's in um, fourth? Uh, either Portland. Four, Portland's and, in fourth. Portland, I wouldn't want to play Portland. Fifth, I believe, is, damn. Houston. Oh, Houston's fifth? Yeah. They could take they, Houston. Yeah, that's that actually be a good matchup. It would be a good so, matchup. But they could take Houston, I think. I think OKC Thunder, they, they have everything they, that they need because Steven Adams, Dennis Schroeder, um, Jeremy Grant, Ferguson, Markeith Morris, though, all those guys, that's a good group of others to have on your team. And then you have Nerlens Noel, that is the backup to Steven Adams. They have good others. It's really just going to come down to Russ and Paul George. Is Paul George going to show up in the playoffs unlike what he did in years past? He's going to keep playing at this level that he's playing at right now. Or is he going to go back to what he used to be? Or And if Russ, is he going to get his shot going and be more consistent with that? Because if he gets a consistent shot, OKC Thunder are unbeatable. And Robeson, I saw some footage of him in the gym before the um, the Denver Nuggets game. He's working on his three-point shot. Like, you know, they're going to only show the shots that he's making. But at the same time, they were going in and his shot looked good. And if he comes back and he has his defense going, OKC yeah, Thunder. I don't give either Russ a defensive night off or Paul George defensive night off. Somebody's going to get a night off on defense and just roam and then do and and put all the energy into offense. It wouldn't likely probably be Russ. And if he does that, if that happens and they get him, like I told you before, OKC Thunder is one of the only teams in my opinion that can guard Golden State one through five with no problem. So we're going to see what happens with OKC. Did you see that game on Thursday night against the Philadelphia 76ers with um Tobias Harris stepping up yeah. and yep. um putting the show at the end. He did yep. his thing. Um, that's, um I, I think more and more I see it, that was a good pickup because I didn't know he was that good of a three-point shooter because he got the gun. And him, does. JJ Redick on the floor, that spreads the floor completely open. Um when Embiid comes back, they're gonna be uh hopefully they can get it together. They they can mesh and Embiid stop shooting them threes, like I keep saying. Get your big ass in the post and jump hook them to death. They can make some moves. My thing is, I think they play better without a B. Looking at them, I was like, hold up. Ben Simmons, he's able to just 
be the point forward, and then he doesn't have to worry about and be clogging up the middle. So he can just straight drive to the basket, and then they just surround him with shooters. That, that works with his game better, and he gets to be out on the break. He don't have to wait around for slow ass and B to come down the floor, and then shoot that whack ass B point that he likes to take when he trails the offense. I think they just look better without Embiid. Like I said, you just spread the floor, let the shooters roam. Tobias Harris, you said, JJ Redick, Jimmy Butler, if he actually starts playing better and actually starts like Jimmy Butler, by the way, he needs to I know he wants to be like the man and get all the points, but he needs to just focus on playing defense and focus on that instead of focus on all my numbers and stuff. Yeah, like this with the Bulls. I think Joel yeah. Embiid will come in handy come playoff time. Because yeah. all that fast break stuff is gonna go out the door. You see what Boston did to him last year? They 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 nullified him completely last year. Ben Simmons, I mean, at least he the half court game put Ben Simmons to run the point and, and be in the post and run the offense through that. Pretty much, it's gonna be a time in the game where you can't that all that fast breaking stuff is not gonna be rocking, and the, the defense is gonna clap down. They gonna know what you wanna do. You are gonna know what they wanna do. And Joel Embiid, his worth is going to really show in the playoffs, uh, I believe, this year uh, coming up. He will. It will. Not going to lie. It will. Because he's going to have to dominate if they're going to go to the finals. Yes. Because to get through the East with those centers, he has to face Marcus Saul. He's going to have to face the Bucks. We don't have a center center. They have a bunch of shooting centers, finesse centers that Embiid could just bully. But you're gonna have to deal with Marcus Saul. You're gonna have to deal with Al Horford, the guy he can't have a good game against. So he's gonna have to deal with all that. We're gonna see what Embiid does moving forward too. But the team that Oklahoma City Thunder lost to this week was the Sacramento Kings. They just lost Marvin Bagley on Thursday night. He sprained his left knee against the Bucks on Thursday. They lost that game 141 to 140. What do you think that injury is gonna do for the Kings? Um, it sucks for them. I'm not a Kings fan. But they've been rocking and rolling this year, and and it's unfortunate. It's actually a plus for my Lakers. But Marvin Bagley, he's a he's gonna be a good player for a while in this league. You know, I'm already I got a big fan, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, Buddy Hield is coming yes. into his own. Yes. Um, this dude, um, I forget his name. Like Bog, he's not Bogdanovich, but it's like he got a he got a Vich in his last name. And you know anybody with a Vich? Oh, they shoot. got the gun. Oh, they got the gun. <laughs> they all can shoot. Stoyakovich. That's their new Stoyakovich. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. They got the gun. They got they got a lot of good players out there. Even Harrison Barnes, uh, Willie Cauley Stein. Um, but yeah, they have a good team and they on the come up and they play everybody. They play hard. You, you can't take no night off when you're playing them. So Actually, it's unfortunate, but it's a kind of a plus my Lakers. They actually do have a team that reminds me of those good Sacramento Kings. Like Marvin Bagley, if he goes to his NBA body, with um, he could be like their little Chris Webber, Willie Colley Stein. He could be like a better, more athletic version of Vali Divac for them. Um, who else? De'Aaron Fox, Mike Bibby-ish. Mike Bibby-ish. Yeah, he's more athletic than Mike Bibby. And then you have Harrison Barnes. He could be like their little. He could be. Well, who could Harrison Barnes be for them? I wouldn't say Doug Christie, but he could be like a nice, he could be a nice piece for them, a, a solid score for them. That, that. Well, he, he, he would be playing the Doug Christie role, solid yeah. defense, and he could make a three here and there. He can put the ball on the court too. Uh, yeah. Buddy Hill, that's the thing now. 
you got the, your buddy Hills and this other guy, this bitch. I know I can't remember his name. It starts with a B. I think it's Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. It is Bogdanovich, I believe. And um, they got more players, so you have uh, and he come off the bench, so that's another good thing. So their benches are decent, and they got they got some. Body Divac did his thing this year. He promised the team or the city that he was going to put out a good product this year, or you they could fire him, and he did it. He lived up to his word. Yeah, so Martin Bagley be out is going to be a big loss to him because in 11 games in February, he's been averaging 17 points, nine and a half rebounds. And that game against the Warriors, he had a big game against them. Steph Curry even said that he's going to be a problem in the league. He gave him props for his game against the Warriors. You just got to hope Buddy Hill, Harrison Barnes, and De'Aaron Foscott just hold it down while he's out. Other than that, all I think is this thing opens it up for the Lakers, in my opinion. When I saw this injury, I'm like, the Lakers have no excuse now. They literally have no excuse because the Kings, they're two and a half behind the San Antonio Spurs for the last playoff spot in the Western Conference. And then you have LeBron James and the Lakers after Friday night's game against the Bucks. They're now three and a half out from the playoffs. So what do you think about your Lakers? you think your Lakers are going to make the playoffs with activated LeBron? Motherfucking activated. Activated my ass. The only, only thing this motherfucker's activated is L's. <laughs> L's. Very I can't believe this, man. So I'm looking at the standings right now. I see the Clippers and San Antonio. I think the Clippers will fall out. They're not trying to lose their pick. So I think eventually they'll fall out. So it's really... So San Antonio more than likely will go up to that seventh spot. So it'll be a fight between the Clippers, the Kings, and the Lakers. And don't sleep on Minnesota. On like uh, basically four teams that the uh, Lakers have to beat. The Lakers, uh, the Lakers have not been able to beat the good teams. They can't beat the bad teams. So <laughs> I hate to say this. Because I love the Lakers. But I hate LeBron. But I like him by association, uh, unfortunately. I don't I don't see it happening. LeBron thought this was the Eastern Conference. He thought he could come out here, do what he wanted to do, or try try to get like he normally does, throw a little hissy fit about, oh, my teammate's not good enough, my teammate's not good enough, and they was going to pull out some trade for him, and then they was, he was going to make some kind of run. That didn't happen. It actually backfired on him this year. And now, granted... Truth be told, I'm shocked. Brandon Ingram is balling. Yes, he is. He's yes, playing like he won. This is what I wanted to see from him from day one. It's he is applying himself. Like He's playing like Kuzma. Like they yep. won it. I'm not mad at that. But even still, it's not enough. Lonzo coming back would be a great help, but he it don't let he come back no time soon. So the fact that Lonzo's not coming back either, I don't know if these Lakers can make it. I want them to make it. If they make it, they gonna just come to go to the A spot and play the Warriors. LeBron don't want to do that. So I seen LeBron yesterday after he lost this game to the Bucks. He just looked defeated. He walked up the court before the game was off <laughs> uh, on, on his Isaiah shit, Isaiah Thomas. That is the Bad Boy Pistons. Oh man, I was. I think you said it all about the Lakers, but I'm gonna try to. <laughs> I just think it's funny because LeBron James, he, 
no one else gets away with the things LeBron James gets away with. This man called out his teammates, the young guys, and said that they are distracted because of the trade rumors. Since the All-Star break, Kuzma and Ingram have been balling out since those trade rumors happened. He, they've been balling out. The one person who has been balling out is LeBron James. Don't get me wrong, he puts up his numbers. LeBron is a stat sheet stuffer because everyone complains about Westbrook stuffing stat sheets and his, his triple doubles are uh, inflated. They're fake. He always grabs fake rebounds and all this stuff. LeBron James be doing some of that stuff too. His stats are padded as well. And for him to say that his teammates were distracted when this nigga's making movies, making TV shows, A&R and 2 changes album, which is ridiculous to me. Since when is LeBron James a musical person, a musical genius, that he can A&R a 2 Chainz album? But, mm -hmm. by the way, 2 Chainz album was dope. I don't think you heard this. They're making a play for this nigga called The, the King. The play? What? Yeah. What? I, heard, I read about that the other day. Like, this nigga's doing everything but basketball right now. And I always said LeBron James, um, Logan Roy, LeBron James is a all-time great. He's top 10 in points, top 10 in assists. I don't think you'll ever see somebody else do that. I will give him props for that. But I will always say this. LeBron James is the type guy, he will get his numbers, and as long as he gets his numbers, it makes him feel like you can't blame me. But yeah, every, it's everybody else's fault, because I did what I was supposed to do. It's their fault that they didn't step up on my level, and that is not the leader that I will want to have. He said that at the one of the finals. He said, as long as I got my numbers, I don't care if I lose. As long as I did everything I know I possibly could and I, I stepped up, it doesn't matter if I lose because I know I did everything I could possibly do. Negro, three and six in the finals. Why are you talking about I did everything I possibly could do? You lost in the finals. You're three and six. You supposed to be the, the guy like, no, no matter what, I'm going down with the ship. My team better step up. I'm going to make them step up. You supposed to be that guy. Not saying, oh, I got my numbers. I don't know what the, uh, these other dudes are doing. Like, truth be told, do you think, like, in your heart of hearts, do you think Kobe Bryant would have lost to the same team three times? I don't think he would have got swept. I don't think he would have got swept. I would say that. I think he would have lost. To, he would have lost to Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant and Steph. I'm saying probably possible would have lost. I'm saying would he have? Would it, it would, the record would have been three to one? Three. It depends. What team is it? What team? What team? Kobe? Are we talking about? Are we talking about Kobe and Shaq, or are we talking about Kobe, Powell, and Andrew Bynum? That's the thing you have to talk about. Because Kobe and Shaq, I think, with these Warriors, the. Kevin Durant, Steph, and all them Warriors. I think Kobe and Shaq, they could have split the series. They could have split. Cleveland and the Warriors played four times, right? Or three times. Well, only those two. They put four times. I think yeah. out of those four times, Kobe and Shaq would have got two out of those four times. And he definitely wouldn't he definitely would have got swept. I would say that. He definitely would never got swept in a series. Ever. And that's the day that LeBron got walked away. He got swept. And he was fine with it. Yep. And, but I have another question about this whole thing. I was saying, once I heard about the, the Kings injury, I was like, maybe LeBron James, he could sneak into the playoffs. And if the Devin Nuggets would have took care of business on Thursday night and they would have got the number one seed, I think Denver against LA Lakers, I think the Lakers could take them. They can. It will be, be another, be a Dallas versus Golden State Warriors 1-8 thing. Because I think the Lakers can take Jokic. I was having arguments with people 
on Twitter they were saying, oh, you're sleeping on Denver. Jokic is nice. They have a good bench. They have Isaiah Thomas, Jamal Murray. I'm like, they're all good. Don't get me wrong. They're all good. But I do not believe that Jokic is that guy coming down the stretch. Jamal Murray, is he's cold-blooded. Don't get me wrong. He hit some clutch shots. But in the playoff, we don't know what they can do. I know what LeBron and I know what Rondo can do. So what do you think about that? Oh, I've seen I've seen Rondo take his game to a whole other level. And LeBron. Come playoff time, they take their game to a whole other level. All all games is off. But this is, this is the same LeBron James who said he was activating. And I don't think he activated the activation. Because they still fucking losing. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't, and he, I don't know if he underestimated the West. Um, he or did. did he hit the East just in time, or what? Both but, of us. Uh, uh, he, oh, I don't know. He better not use the injury as an excuse. He better not. <laughs> he can't because he, he said he's activated. He gotta hold that. He gotta hold it. But if they, if he sneaks into the playoffs and by chance the Nuggets edge out the. The Warriors, which is a very good possibility because the Warriors be taking nights off sometimes just because they know what they got. And the home court advantage really doesn't matter to them, truth be told. Um, so if they end up edging the Warriors out, the Nuggets, LeBron James at the eighth seed, that could be a favorable matchup for him. Um, very favorable. And yeah. it also will help them showcase their young players on a playoff stage and maybe they get a trade. But truth be told, I never won LeBron James on the Lakers anyway. I was disgusted when I found out. Disgusted. And he's proving me right doing all the shit he's doing now. All these fake LeBron fans, or LeBron fans, fake Laker fans, will say, oh, LeBron made the Lakers good again. No. They are three games above what they were last year. If that. They the same goddamn team from last year, if you ask me. <laughs> oh man! He get, he get his act together, for real. Uh, I, I don't care. Thirty points. You know what he need to do? He need to go on a James Harden tear. He need to drop forty every goddamn night. That's what he I said. Do. I th- yeah, you that's- want because you're not making it to the finals. So empty, empty your motherfucking tank now. He got Space Jam to film in the summer. He's not trying to waste his energy on these Lakers. He's filming Space Jam two this summer. He ain't got no time for these Lakers. Dumbass idea. Leave Space Jam alone. I got into an argument yesterday about this. I'm like, yo, let Le- let Michael Jordan just have his show. Why you gotta take what? over his whole movie? Let him like make your own movie. For real? How you biting off this man? Space Jam is a classic. Why you gotta make a Space Jam too? He better you- have Michael Jordan. Huh? He better he better have Michael Jordan in this movie. Like at what? least like. At least hold, like handed down like oh like uh, Buzz Bunny we need Michael Jordan again he's old like let's go get the Nets I don't know pass the thing down you gotta get Michael Jordan to be in this movie you can't just have himself hate LeBron James I really do but I did say last week though I was saying that I don't believe that LeBron James is the best this season this season he is not the best player in the league and I. But everyone is saying, like, oh, LeBron James, he's still the greatest. He's still the best player right now. He just was hurt. Nigga, no, he is not. He has To me, he hasn't been the best. Don't get me wrong. This man, has, he's nice. LeBron James is great. He's great. But 
best player to me means that you do it on both ends of the floor. I hate when people say, oh, LeBron's the best player, and then you want to say Kawhi is the best two-way player. Nigga, there's two ways to a game. So if you're the best two-way player in the game, how are you not the best player in the game? So in back my opinion, the day, back in the day, there was no such thing as a two-way player because you were paid to do both. Oh, it's a player back in the day. This this is what I mean. LeBron James gets away with this. They make special rules for this dude, LeBron James. LeBron James doesn't have to play defense. They would not say he's not a good player because he sucks on the defensive end. He's all back. Then he got the nerve to be like, oh, yo, oh, try me then. Try me then. Nigga, they have been trying you. <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't play defense in the regular season. Shit, you don't you may step it up a little bit in the playoffs, but you ain't no lockdown defender. You roaming. He hasn't been a lockdown defender since Miami. His first couple years, Miami. See, like when he went to Cleveland, his defense was non-existent. LA Lakers so far, his defense has been non-existent. And when he said that about come at me the next time you wanna test my defense, Negro. First off, LeBron James, not gonna lie, this. Unless he's going against like a smaller guy, if a big guy is on him, like Giannis, Giannis will go right past this dude, LeBron James. Let's come on right now. He'll go right past him. He did it last night. Paul he did it Friday night. Business. When he was in Vienna, he gave him work. Gave him work. And then, um, I, I, I just, this, this has to be said. LeBron James has never, ever been hurt. The only thing that ever stopped LeBron James was some cramps. And then this nigga decides to come to LA and he gets the worst injury ever. And I, I find that very hard to believe. Like, this nigga never gets hurt, but he decides to come to LA and he gets hurt. Like, I just, I just, it just, it's not, it just hits me the wrong way. I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do. Maybe, I heard that he's, maybe that uh, Ty Lue might be coming to the Lakers after the, after the season's over, too. They talk oh. about bringing him to the Lakers. Like, to me, there's better coaches out there besides Ty Lue. Maybe LeBron likes it because he can control them. I don't know. But me, if I'm a Lakers fan, I would stick with Lou or I would go with um Mark Jackson, who I think will be a good pick for the Lakers. Help out um Lonzo Ball if they want to keep Lonzo Ball on the team. Who else would be a good coach for the Lakers? Mm. Jason Kidd. But Jason Kidd, they, they don't like Jason Kidd because they see what happened with um the Bucks since he left. They see him playing better. They like maybe Jason Kidd, he's not the coach. That we all thought he was with Brooklyn at first, but Jason Kidd would be a good. I think would be a good option still. But I know a lot of people, you know, like I said, they're not going to think Jason Kidd's a good option right now because of Giannis. I don't know what to say about the Lakers anymore. LeBron, he just needs to get it together. He needs to make sure that team makes it to the playoffs. Because he don't, and he starts doing all this other stuff, all the stuff he's doing outside of sports. Don't get me wrong, it's cool. Him building the school, that was a dope thing. Building that school for those people, getting people jobs. And parents' jobs and all that stuff, dope. Him doing his movies, his show, the shop, dope. All that, all of it is is good. But if he don't win on the court, he has to get killed for this stuff. You can't be doing all this stuff and then come to LA say I'm here to win a championship. Say that I'm activated. I'm trying to get us to the playoffs, and then you don't do any of it. My whole thing is, if he was playing like James Harden was, actually doing everything in his possible body to make it to the playoffs and everything to help his team win. I would have nothing to say. I wouldn't care. I'd be like, you know what? He's giving it his all. The team is just not that good enough. Fine, you could do all the stuff outside of sports, but he's not. 
And that's my whole thing with LeBron. He don't always give it 100%. Huh? Uh, he'll definitely throw his teammates under the bus 100%. Yep. That's a fact. I will never fade in LeBron James' playbook of getting his team back on track. But let's talk about one of LeBron James' former teammates now, Dwayne Wade. What did you think of his lucky-ass three-point shot that he made over the Golden State Warriors this week? What I made of, the, the, the most thing I got from that lucky shot he made was this nigga got braids now. <laughs> this happened. to say yo why is the, the way way with braids is the weirdest thing on earth what? at least this man, this man has had a caesar damn to his whole career <laughs> now he got a little he had a little fro and now he got braids like what what is what is a what is a haslam saying to this man like dude they all struggle braids they're not like the longest braids on earth they nah. struggle braids but um, whoever did it, they hooked him up. I give him that. But um, that was that was the biggest takeaway I had was this nigga braids. But the shot was lucky shot. Um, I ain't uh, mad. He was uh, he was surprised he made the shot because it was just like a little hesitation after they went in. And he was like, "What? Oh, it actually went in." And then he ran to celebrate. Then he jumped. He jumped on top of the the stand like he won the championship or something. It was a regular season game, dude. This is, this and. Is- then he tried to compare it to Kobe. I like that he gave a shout out to Kobe during his during his time to shine. He know what time it is. But truth be told, Kobe's shot was deliberate. His shot was lucky. Simple as that. Ugh. I hate when people say mama mentality. That was my biggest takeaway. I'm sick of Kobe Bryant having this mama mentality. Shut up. I don't care about mama mentality. It's a real thing. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's a real thing. No, it's not. So why is the real thing? Because players aren't built like Kobe Bryant in NBA no more. That's Watch what I'm saying. Name another one. I'll wait. Damian Lillard. I'll, I'll give you Damian Lillard. I'll give you Damian Lillard. But I can't not, think of anyone else. I can't think not, of anyone else. I'm not gonna well, lie. Hey, <laughs> player. But he's a killer though. To, to go out there and just destroy your opponent. And that yeah. Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard, yeah. right. Kyrie Irving sometimes. Yeah. I'll give him that, but that's it. But they hear about the other thing Dwayne Wade said this week, calling James Harden one of the most unguardable players in NBA history. How you felt about that after James Harden's 58 points and 10 assists game against the Miami Heat? He is. He is one of the most. He's up there as one of the best offensive players. I can't take nothing away from the dude. The dude's a beast. He knows how to work the system. Uh, he gets a free throw line. He gets to the free throw line at will, and he makes all his free throws. 18 for 18. It's easy. 18 points. Easy. You got the handle. That bullshit step back. It works. So I'm not even mad at him. Now, would I take a lot of offensive plays before him? Yes. Wait, I'll take a um, bunch I, before I, I him. Think, I, think, I think he's honestly helped by today's NBA rules. Um, Do I think he will be as good? He will still, he'll put up numbers. He will put up, he, he would be, he could play like, say, with the 90s, 2000s. He could play then, but he will put up empty numbers, essentially. Like he's <laughs> empty doing numbers. That. Like he's doing that. Empty numbers. He could show off. He could do all this, all these dropping buckets. Don't get me wrong. He's putting up numbers. Because Kobe Bryant was putting up numbers. Tracy McGrady, numbers. Vince Carter, numbers. They was putting up numbers. Now, he's on historic pace. I take nothing from him. But when it counts most, 
this historic pace that he's on goes out the window. The players I mentioned, those historic paces, it came, namely Kobe Bryant, when it came to the, his numbers didn't go down, they went up, or they stayed the same. In James Harden's case, they take a major dive. He, he gets amnesia. He forgets who he is. He forgets he's playing basketball sometimes, it looks like, in the playoff time. And I've seen it in my own eyes. So until he could prove me wrong, it's a nice story. He may even win MVP again. But um, it's gonna he's gonna he gonna be a fan just like me. Oh, come June. Ugh. You don't think the Rockets with their fully healthy team and with James Hart, well, he could play like this. With a fully healthy team, you don't think they could take the Warriors in seven? Oh. You saw they played um, last Saturday night. You didn't think, it, you didn't it, think they I, look good? Take him seven. But um, I, like I keep telling you, I don't believe in James Harden, and I don't believe in Chris Paul. If they're Chris your Paul two best hurt. players, and so, Chris Paul would have choked. <laughs> Chris he Paul. Uh, no, he was hurt, but I'm just thinking he's gonna get hurt. Like in a big moment, you just know, like, damn, Chris Paul about to get hurt. He gonna put him. He gonna hurt his big toe. He gonna get a headache. He gonna get a hand. He'll get something. <laughs> but James Harden, he has six fifty plus point games. It's ridiculous. He's balling on his mind. But he is. who would you say right now in today's NBA is the best scorers? And I'm not talking about. No LeBron James scoring where you just make a whole bunch of dunks scoring or Giannis scoring dunks. I don't care. I don't count that. I mean, like, best scorer, his offensive repertoire, like Carmelo Anthony used to have a good offensive game. He could he could beat you off the dribble, beat you going to the basket. He could beat you with his mid-range game. This offensive game, who are the best scorers? Katie. Me? Katie? Uh, uh, Kyrie Irving, um, Damian Lillard. Um, who else? I, I I'll put James Harden in there. James Harden, yeah. um, he 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 can get to the free throw line, hit you, kill you from three. He go into the basket. Um, Paul George, um, Steph. You said Steph. I didn't say Steph. You wouldn't take you wouldn't take Steph as a scorer. Yeah, yeah, because he, he gets hot. Play too. They get they get when they get hot, they get hot. Um, I would say C.J. McCollum. Sneakily, C.J. McCollum. He got, yeah. as you would say, he got the gun. That dude, he will, he could put up thirty points in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. He gonna take over games like Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson could put up like thirty points in a quarter, but CJ McCollum, he could put some points on the board. Yeah. So, um. Let's see. Let me see. Mm, Anthony uh-huh. Davis or Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. Embiid. Embiid. Ugh. He doesn't yeah. need a better post game. I don't consider him a, uh, a scorer. He's a good player, though. He can score. Yeah, he can score. Like LeBron James, he can score. But he's not a scorer, in my opinion. I like, yeah. I like Bradley Beal. Truth be told, I like Kawhi Leonard, man. Kawhi Leonard, man, his, he don't got, his game is not flashy. But he gets it done. All the time. And fourth quarter, the last couple fourth quarters I've seen them in, one against Boston, him and Kyrie went back and forth. He missed the late shot against Kyrie. I think he missed the late shot against Kyrie. They lost that game, not the recent game, like one like weeks ago. And then this past one on Friday night with him and Dame going back and forth, that was great. And he had that clutch shot over Dame Lillard in um, Friday night's game. That was a great game. Kawhi Leonard, 
A lot I, of people I, didn't think he was good, I, but I, I'd much rather have Kawhi Leonard than LeBron James. But much I don't feel, I don't think Kawhi's coming to the Lakers, truth be told. And Kemba Walker, another great scorer. Yeah, Kemba. Kemba is one of those guys. My five I picked was um KD, Steph, Dame, Kyrie, and Paul George. That was my picks. Let's talk about some quick basketball topics. One of the ones, the Bucks, they got Paul Gasol, another solid picker for them after they picked up Nikola Mirotic. He could give them a nice solid 10, 15 minutes off the bench. He could spell Brook Lopez and who's the other big man they got. He's a good pickup for them. What you thought about that pickup? I think yeah, he'd be a good player coach. Um, he on his last, he on his last leg. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't play. think he can play. He really didn't play for the Spurs. But I'm glad yeah. they, they let him out his contract so he could be uh, for a title contender. Uh, he'll be a, a great source of knowledge for them, as far as because they, they have no playoff experience really. Um, that is true. So, that's going to be the most that they'll get from him as opposed to play on the court. It's just to pick his brain. He's a good pickup. Uh, he cost nothing. And that game against Lakers on Friday night, I thought the Bucks, Giannis, I think Giannis is a great player, but Giannis, he don't take over games like he should in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. He don't take over games. That's why I don't feel like he should be that high on MVP because he don't take over games. I've never seen Giannis like literally take over a game in the fourth quarter. It was Eric Bledsoe that took over that game and won that game for them. Because when they were down, Bledsoe brought them back. It wasn't Giannis, to be honest with you. That's just me. I think, don't get me wrong, Giannis is a great player. His shot will become a liability come playoff time. Yeah. So, I don't think he should be worried about taking threes. He's working his mid-range. And um, he's like uh, LeBron. Like, he, nobody's unstoppable going to the basket. As long as he does that to... The 10th degree, like he's been doing it, I think he should be fine. I'm going to look for him this year in the playoffs. I'm going to look at their games and uh, keep a, a special eye out and see. Because I like Giannis. Because he's, he's not like the other players, I think, because he came from Greece. Like, he don't want to be buddy-buddy with everybody else. He yep. wants to beat everybody. So yep. I'm pulling for Giannis. I'm going to look out for him in this playoff season. Yeah. Some other things that happened this week. I just talked about it a little bit earlier. The Raptors faced the Portland Trailblazers Friday night. That was a great game. Kawhi Leonard and Damian Little went back and forth in that game. Kawhi Leonard hit a big clutch shot. So that made me think. Uh, you said Kyrie Irving, you picked him as your most clutch player in the NBA. Who are your guys that you want the ball in their hands right now in the NBA? Kyrie, Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, KD, and number five, I would say... Ugh. Five is hard. I can't think of five. I'm not gonna lie to you. I have four. That basically the same, same four as you. I did have the same four as you. Cause Steph, I don't think Steph. Like Steph can come to some clutch shots, but I have. But Steph, he comes up short when he, he comes, comes up short. That's what I'm saying. He comes up you know, short. He doesn't play to the level he plays in the regular season. He takes a step back when it counts most. So that in turn means he's not clutch. Clutch means your game goes higher when it counts most. It don't go lower. So that's how I think of his clutch. The thing about the Warriors that I, I don't really understand is that they need Steph to be great in the regular season. If they don't have Steph, they don't look the same. Or if Steph is like neutralized, they don't look the same. Nope. But they still have KD. And KD shows up in the playoff time, in the finals, and they win because of KD basically in the finals. 
but it doesn't make sense because Steph is your best player and he seems like he's the reason why that engine goes. But then when the finals comes around, Kevin Durant takes over. He's the reason why they win. Because if Kevin Durant is not on that team, I don't think they win the, the past couple finals. Or at least they go in seven. They definitely not going five and four like they've been going. That's why Draymond cried in the parking lot to get KD. Because I'm telling you, seven game series, I'm not saying Steph is not a good player, but you could play defense differently in the playoffs. So all that stuff, you could rough them up a little bit more. You play That's a little bit Houston harder. You kind of take each game away from him. So it's not on a daily basis. You play a different team every day. They got to, sometimes they don't even like really scout you. They just know we playing them and we know what we got to do. In the playoffs, they have umpteen time to look over the video and study you. And they know the ins and outs of what you're going to do or what they think you're going to do. And playoff season after playoff season, Steph is not the same player he was in the regular season. And these are facts. That's exactly what the Rockets do to him every time they play. When they play recently, they shut Steph down. That's the reason why that game was that close and they won that game. It was because they they were face guarding Steph. They wouldn't let him go off screens and like sneak to the corner. Like he get those little cheap three pointers that he gets when he sneaks to the corner. Like he didn't, they didn't let him do that. Austin Rivers played great defense on him, stayed on him, face guarded him. Like I said, that's all you gotta do. Just face guard him. Don't let him run around the court like he lost his damn mind. And you could neutralize Steph and you can neutralize Golden State. You have a better chance of winning if you neutralize. Steph than neutralizing Kevin Durant. Yeah. And one of the topics happened this week. Oh, first take, Stephen A. Smith and Smash Kellerman, they had a debate on Thursday about Damian Lillard. If he is a top 10 player in the NBA right now, I made a list of this 10 players off the top of my head that are the best players in the league. First one I said was, this is not in any order. It's just random names. Don't get mad. Russ, Paul George, Steph, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Embiid, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis. I believe that's 10 right there. I believe. Mm -hmm. They would say they might take Russ out of the top 10 and it would be between Russ, Damian Lillard, and Kyrie Irving. So who you got? Ugh, out of those three players, all three point guards, mind you. Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Kyrie. I would keep Russell Westbrook in there because I like Russell Westbrook's game. I just do. Um, but he's the least efficient out of all, out of all three by far. Yes, that's the only but, thing. But he does more out of all three by far. And he can still put the same numbers that they putting up as far as points, it's just not as efficient. But I, I don't really, but that really, really doesn't matter to me, because you know, because I'm a, I'm a Kobe Bryant fan. So being, oh, oh, shoot, 50, 60 percent is all well and good. That shows you efficient. But if I'm still getting the same amount of points as you, well, does it really matter? Um, at the end of the day, um, but if I, if I had to pick, oh, it's a hard one. I like Kyrie and I like Damian Lillard, but the what 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 I would take Damian Lillard over Kyrie, off the fact that Damian Lillard's been in the West his whole career, he's made the playoffs every single year. Preach, preach, and he's never hurt, and he's never hurt. Knock on wood. But Kyrie, on the other hand, he's been in the league 
when he was in the league before, this Cleveland was terrible. And then, yeah. then, then LeBron got there, they was good, and he stepped his game up. It just helped, helped him put him on a pedestal. But the fact that you see what LeBron doing in the West right now, he can't do it. But Damian been doing it from day one. Day so and- if I had to pick, I'm taking Damian Lillard over Kyrie. I'm taking. I've been thinking about this more recently because I was like, "Damn, the the Knicks they thinking about getting Kyrie Irving." And I'm just like, "Do I really want Kyrie?" Don't get me wrong. If we, the Knicks got Kyrie Irving, I'll be happy. But at the same time, I'm thinking he's always hurt. And what has Kyrie Irving done without LeBron James? He's been struggling with the Boston Celtics recently. I'm not saying it's all his fault, but he's struggling. And then when he, before LeBron James, like you said, Cleveland, he struggled. And that makes me think, like, damn, maybe that's the reason why the whole thing is kind of going wrong in Boston because maybe the team doesn't really respect Kyrie Irving because he really hasn't done anything in his career besides with LeBron James. Don't get me wrong, he had a big, he had a big clutch three-point shot against the Warriors, but that was with LeBron James. He wasn't doing anything prior or before, like you said. But at the same time, they win, they don't win without him. They that's don't. Back. They don't. They're not. And Boston's not gonna win without Kyrie. Don't get me wrong. They're both great players. But right now, if you put Damian Lillard on Boston, what do you think is gonna happen? Damian Lillard will have that team looking better. Don't get me wrong. Kyrie's a piece. And put the same numbers. He will put the same numbers, and he will get more assists. He will. He will get Jason Tatum involved. He will get Jalen Brown involved. He will get all his other teammates involved and and make them better. Kyrie Irving, he doesn't make his teammates better like Damian Lillard does. When he had LaMarcus Aldridge, them two had one of the best pick-and-roll combos in the game. I, I would take Damian Lillard. If he became a free agent at the same time as Kyrie Irving, I'm taking Damian Lillard all day. All day, because he stays healthy. And, like you said, every single year, he gets his team to the playoffs. With LaMarcus Aldridge, with CJ, with the supporting cast he has, with the players he has on his team, you don't know anyone else on the team besides maybe Yusef Nurchik and CJ McCollum. Name another person on that team. Most NBA fans can't name another person on that team. So Dame Willard, I, to me, that gives him the nod over Kyrie Irving, in my opinion. But don't get me wrong. Kyrie Irving is a great player, though. Great player. And closing games, he's one of the people I want the ball in their hand. But if, if I have to choose between those two, Dame Willard. But now... At Dame Time. Yep, Dame Time. But before we get out of the basketball, I just want to give a shout out to Trey Young. And also, I want to give a shout out to Zach Levine. They both had great games on Friday night in that um, four overtime game between the Bulls and the Hawks. Trey Young had 47 points, seven rebounds, and 16 assists. He had some big clutch shots in the fourth quarter. He hit that big three, then he hit that big layup to force double overtime. And Zach Levine, he he's on a terrible team. Maybe he's just he putting up these numbers because he's on a bad team. But he's been balling out too. He had, I think, 49 points in that game. So it's good to see Zach Levine come back for that ACL injury and look good. Hopefully next year they could both get everything together with him, Otto Porter, Wendell Carter, Larry Marketing, and Chris Dunn if he ever like actually becomes that player that everyone thinks he could be. I think they're going to be a good team next year, hopefully. Yeah, they got some solid players on Chicago. Um, Trey Young put himself back in the um, the rookie of the year debate, even though it was pretty much locked up by Doncic. But he's actually better than I thought he would be. So 
Yeah, yeah he is. Right. I didn't think he was struggling earlier, but now he figured it out. He's good, really good. Big up, big up to him. He didn't um, he didn't, he didn't fold. He got better. So much respect. That's it for basketball. We're going about to get into some football right now. NFL football, where should we begin? Of course, we're going to go with, with Antonio Brown. Just so you guys know, Antonio Brown, if you guys didn't watch, Antonio Brown was on the shop Friday night, and he did do an interview Saturday morning with ESPN talking about, well, both places. He was just talking about Big Ben and his issues with the, the Steelers. Andre, I know you didn't see the shop episode. I'm going to give a quick rundown of what happened. One thing that did happen, he called out Shannon Sharp, which I was completely shocked about. I didn't know they had beef. I knew that Shannon Sharp and him didn't get along, but I didn't know it was that deep where he was going to call him out on LeBron James' show of all people. The way that Shannon Sharp be riding for LeBron James, I didn't think he would do it there. But basically, he said that Shannon Sharp and other NFL greats, when they lead the lead, they really don't have a plan for what they want to do when they get out. So they go ahead and do stupid stuff like go on TV talking about other people like Randy Moss does. He basically called out Randy Moss. I was like, damn. It was rude when he did this Randy Moss saying that basically, hey, LeBron James, when you lead the league, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to ESPN and go talk about basketball? What are you going to do? And LeBron James said, I'm going to own a team. He basically talked about Randy Moss and said, Randy Moss, he's just talking for ESPN. I know Arnie, you got a lot to say about all this because Randy Moss is your guy. <laughs> and then Shannon Sharp. Ugh. Shannon Sharp, he said that he'd be on TV with the Hennessy and the Black and Miles. I love that stuff that Shannon Sharp does. I think that shit is hilarious. It's different. You don't, you don't ever see that on TV. I think it's fun to see it. I thought it was hilarious, but Antonio Brown takes it differently. He thinks basically that he'd be cooning around, basically just acting the fool, showing the bad side of like showing liquor and showing the black and miles he didn't want he didn't like that part of it so he basically yeah, about, about that i don't think that's cooning to be honest i just think it's shannon sharp being real like showing his uh, side of himself that normally doesn't get showed on tv that's all i don't think he's uh, out here cooning and, and and buffooning on on national tv I shouldn't um, say Kuna. He did I could shouldn't say Kuna. Antonio Brown didn't call him a coon. I don't want to say, it. but it came off like he's trying to say that. And then LeBron James' um, friend Maverick basically chimed in and said, "Oh yeah, I agree with you." So, man, fuck Maverick. They need to find somebody else. <laughs> they, they don't need somebody to, to to ride LeBron James' dick on the show. Just let him be like, be quiet. They need to get a real host because this nigga Maverick is not a host. I see. I didn't see this episode. But I've seen a couple episodes, and he just oh he's always co-signing some shit. Like let the other like why are you telling other people stories for them? Let them talk, and you don't gotta co-sign every single thing. Like goddamn. But um, first off, how you gonna get on Randy Moss for being on TV? Like he's supposed to be the one to own a team when there's no black people owning teams in the NFL. And what and AB you act like you making. So much money, you not you not doing putting no dents. Yeah, you you nice. Don't get me wrong. You ain't Randy Moss nice. Let's get that clear. You are not Randy Moss nice. That is true. And but yeah, but how? Where is he? He talking about he making so much money. 
his money is a, nothing but a drop in the bucket for these NFL owners. Now, I would I would appreciate it more if he'd been like, oh, Randy, you know what we should do? We should band together as, as brothers or former NFL players, and we should try to see if we can put our money together to purchase a team in the future as opposed to not trying to knock him for being on TV. He probably knocking him because Randy Moss probably said something about him that was true, and or or if if it, if it, if it was true, or if it wasn't true, it touched a nerve. Same thing and with Shannon. Same thing with Shannon Sharp, and I I tend to believe that it is true, or it has some or some truth to it at least. And um, he should be more mad for calling himself fucking Mr. Big Chest. If anything, what kind of dumb shit is that? I'm a man Cedric, I'm not oh, gonna call a, a man delicious. I'm not damn sure <laughs> they call no man Mr. Big Chest. Instead of worrying about that, you need to worry about getting on a new team. And and um, how about you? How about you? Not destroy a team, pretty much. Uh, it wasn't him. I'm I was. I, 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 I was a little too far, but he, he was part. <laughs> he was part of the problem. It wasn't. He's not. He's not absolved of any blame here. I blame mostly. I blame mostly Ben Roethlisberger, but I blame Antonio Brown too, because he he's that he got that diva mentality that all most receivers, not all, but most receivers have. And but he Ben Roethlisberger was wrong. He shouldn't be calling him out. It's not. It's not the time nor place. You you come to him directly. You don't put him on blast on TV and your radio station. All the other foolishness. Well, but he put you him on blast on TV. Joking. Just, just because you in your feelings about something, you do not not show up for uh, a de facto playoff game. You blessed your teammates high and dry because you was in your feelings about another person on the team. And well, that's not tell cool. You, before you say that, before you say that, I should tell you, he did talk about that situation. He said that he went to the like the morning whatever meeting before the game and he talked to Mike Tomlin. He said that, hey, I'm not like I, I, I feel good, but I'm a little sore. And Mike Tomlin told him to go home. So, I don't, I don't know. You, go, you can watch it for yourself. You can make your own judgment. I don't know what the story is. Why did That's he show up for the game though? Huh? Why did he show up for the game though? No, he said he showed up for the game. He like, first off, he said that the Saturday before the the final game, like during the walkthrough, he told Tomlin that he was feeling hurt, his knee was killing him, and he, he wasn't feeling good. So Tomlin told him to go home. Next day, he shows up to the stadium. He talks to Tomlin again. Tomlin asks him how he's doing. He says his knee is sore. And Tomlin tells him to go home again. So he's like, all right, I'm out. Apparently, that's what he said. That's what went down. And he did call out Big Ben Roethlisberger on the, on the shop, too. He said, hey, he was talking about that play against Denver. He said, how the hell am I supposed to run a better route when you throw the, the effing ball to the lineman? Which he was right about. I didn't see anything wrong with that part. And then, I, did you see the interview he did with the ESPN people? Nice. You didn't see that one either? Well, the interview with ESPN people, he just went at Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers' ownership again. He said that Ben Roethlisberger has never asked him to work out in the offseason with him. they only been to each other's house one time since he's been in Pittsburgh. And then he said the ownership, the ownership don't even know the name of his father. He don't even know his family. They never asked him about that. The owners don't, none of the owners or the people that work underneath them, they never do anything like that with him since he's been there in, um, in Pittsburgh. Basically, he's just trying to, he's basically throwing shade and saying basically that Pittsburgh 
the Steelers ownership is not what they what everyone thinks they are. Everyone thinks the Pittsburgh ownership is like this pristine organization that does everything right. But apparently a Paleo Brown saying like they not. They're not the goody two shoe organization that they say they are. I could believe that. I could believe that. They treat Ben Roethlisberger like he could do no wrong. It's Ben Roethlisberger and it's everybody else. Like he has his own set of rules for himself and he could do what he wants. And he got co-signed by the general manager. Like, yeah, yep. he could do, yeah, he can do whatever he wants. And that lets me know in itself that they got more problems than they need to be having based off of that structure they got in um, Pittsburgh right now. It's exactly right. Because I was thinking, Antonio Brown said that Ben Boxer has an owner's mentality. And the owner, well, the GM basically said, I think the GM is basically reflection of the owner, a reflection of the organization. And him coming out and saying that Ben Roethlisberger is the unquestioned leader of the 52 kids in the locker room. 52 kids? Maybe you didn't mean anything by kids. It was just a word that you wanted to use. But it kind of goes to what Antonio Brown was saying, saying how he they believe that Ben Roethlisberger is on one level and everyone else is below him. Ben Roethlisberger could do whatever he wants. He get away with anything. You know he has all those off the field issues that he's had i'm not gonna go through them but he's had off the field issues but he never gets checked but this man ben roethlisberger could come in he could he go on his little radio show and he feels comfortable calling out people comfortable calling out the coaches comfortable calling out his teammates just comfortable talking about other people but never comfortable enough to bring up things that he's done wrong like that dumbass interception he threw against the denver broncos instead of taking ownership for it he said, you know what, Antonio Brown, he could have ran a better route. He should have came more flat on that route. What is Antonio Brown supposed to do when you throw it to the offensive line, to the defensive lineman, my bad? What are you supposed to do if you throw it to the defensive lineman? You should just throw the better ball. And then Antonio Brown was saying how Ben Roethlisberger used to basically just shut him out for a whole quarter because he was mad at him because something they went through during games or during the week of practice. Oh, it's all a mess in Pittsburgh. I don't know what they're going to do. It looks bad on organization. It looks bad. I say this every week. It looks bad on Mike Tomlin because first off, your GM basically saying Ben Roethlisberger is the unquestioned leader. What about your coach? Shouldn't he be the unquestioned leader of the goddamn 52 other kids in the locker room? <sighs> Damn, man. Damn. And this, all this, all this stuff that's happening, it looks so bad on Mike Tomlin. And then he's going to lose all these weapons. All he's going to be left with is Juju Smith-Schuster and the other guy that Ben Roethlisberger called out, James Washington, that receiver, and James Conner. Those are the only ones going to be left with. He lost all those years he had Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, and Le'Veon Bell, and nothing to show for it. They're going to fire this black man. They're going to fire him. I know it's a Steelers organization, but at the end of the day, you have this many years with the Triple Bs or the Killer Bs, whatever they want to call them. Whatever their stupid nickname was. You have all those years you didn't show up. Come on, man. Come on. They're not going to keep this man around, especially next year. If this team fails, he better have an unbelievable coaching job this year or he's going he gonna to be fired. going to get fired, which is sad. It is because he's, he's a good coach. He's yeah. a real good coach. Um, but they, they it's, I don't know if they, they might be undercutting him when it's all said and done. If, if Ben Roethlisberger is so free to say whatever he wants. It might be undercutting him. When he it's is. All he is. Ben Roethlisberger calls Mike Tomlin out and gets away with it. What play? What other player can call out their head coach, well, besides Aaron Rodgers, can call out their head coach and not be 
chastised or talked about. Ben Roethlisberger gets away with murder in the media and in that organization because Ben Roethlisberger has been doing this shit for years. He did it to Todd Haley. And Todd Haley, under Todd Haley, he had his best years under Todd Haley. But every other week we heard about him, Ben Roethlisberger calling him out or just being disrespectful to Todd Haley. Ben Roethlisberger, someone needs to check Ben Roethlisberger at the end of the day. Someone needs to. And Mike Tomlin's supposed to be the guy that checks him and keeps him in line. Because obviously the owner and the rest of them, they're not doing it. They just let him get away with everything because he's their quarterback. He won two Super Bowls, but the first one, let's be real, he didn't do anything in the first one. And then that's one, that's the only one that you could be like, all right, Ben Roethlisberger is that guy. Other than that, what has Ben Roethlisberger really done? He's underachieved. That's what all I see. He's underachieved every year since his last Super Bowl appearance. Underachieved. Yeah, and he has, he's had the talent. Yep. You can't say he didn't. To another franchise that we all look at in high regard, the New York Giants. They came out this week and said that Eli Manning is going to be their quarterback in 2019. Um, I ain't got nothing to say. I ain't got nothing to say. I, nothing I to guess say. They, they really believe in them. I really think they should uh, pick up a quarterback, but they won't. As, with them coming out saying that Eli is going to be their quarterback, why would they use their a first-round pick on a quarterback? So I don't know what they're going to do. They're not going to get Nick Foles, obviously, now. But they need to get Eli Manning's heir apparent. He was done last year. So, obviously, <laughs> they don't think he's done this year. He was uh, done two years up. ago. So, <laughs> he was done two years ago, yo. I don't I don't know. He needs to be um, – he needs to call it a day. At, oh. some, at some point, you got you to gotta, – you can't keep saying, like, whose fault is it? Like, yeah, their, their line is not all that. But he got, they got weapons. They got a receiver. They got a running back. They got a tight end. Um, maybe uh, they'll put some some money into the offensive line this year. And if they do do that and they still fail, they need to have somebody backing them up that can go in and take the reins. Because Eli Manning last year should have been last year. But um, he's coming back this year. And, uh, we shall see uh, what they do. They helped their offensive line last year when they went and picked up that guy Nate Soldier from um, the Patriots. They tried that route. They said, like, hey, we're going to go get this running back. We're going to put more pieces around Eli Manning and see what he does. And he did absolutely nothing all year. All year. Until, like, the last few games where they didn't need to win because they needed higher draft picks so they could go get a damn new quarterback. That's when he started to show up and actually play with games. Honestly, I feel like they... Either they, they purposely want to get rid of Odell Beckham Jr. Because why the hell would you want Odell Beckham Jr. to waste his prime playing with this nigga, Eli Manning? You're wasting you're wasting Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley's primes playing with this man. He's not going to help you win a championship anytime soon. He's done. He's over the hill. And if you could get rid of Peyton Manning and bench him for Brock Osweiler, you can get rid of Eli Manning and bring in someone else or draft a new quarterback. He is not untouchable. He's not. He has done nothing in his career for me to believe he's untouchable and he should not be replaced. He's done nothing. Nothing at all. But did you hear that rumor that Russell Wilson might be wanting to come to the New York Giants? Uh, that would be a good uh, pickup right there. He a free agent but you know, this year or this year? No, nah, he's not a free agent at all. The rumor is that he wants to be he wants to come to New York because Sierra wants to come here to help her career. Oh Lord. <laughs> That's if it's sale. Negro, please.
Shut up. I've been saying that. That, that joke was hilarious. Um, but, but that actually Russell, would be a good pickup for them. It would be a great pickup. A great one. Because I think Russell Wilson on that team with Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon and Shepard and Evan Ingram, all those guys. And he don't even need an offensive line because he can run. Just give yeah. him a decent offensive line. He'll, he'll do work. So if they can do that, like I said last week, they'll be good with that. But thinking about the, the Giants, you and I both agree they need to look for a quarterback in the draft. They're sitting at number six. Obviously, the draft combine is this week. Colin Murray, he measured in. I really don't care about how tall he is. Well, it's important how tall he is. He's 5'10 and 1 eighth. I don't really care. He's 207 pounds. Who do you want the Giants to go get? You, I don't know if you looked at them, but Kyler Murray or Dwayne Haskins? I think they should go get Dwayne Haskins. He's from the area. He fits the, the prototype quarterback frame. Um, he got a good arm. He can run, but he's a pocket quarterback like they want him to be uh, in, the, in the vein of Eli Manning. Yeah. Um, Kyler Murray too big of a chance for New York. If he's projected to be so great, he goes to New York and he's not as good, then that pressure might get to him. So I don't know if he's the right fit for New York. He might need to go somewhere else, but the the media attention is not as great. And he could just learn, take his time, like Baker Mayfield going to, to, going to Cleveland. He could sit behind somebody else, uh, see how they do it, and then there's fall in place when his number's called. Um, I think that's the better route than going into New York with that media attention. It's just going to go, and it's, it's going to make Eli's time there uncomfortable the whole time because they're going to be asking him to come in from day one. Like, oh, why, as soon as the first game Eli is bad, they're going to want to yank him. And then all the pressure's on this young man. Haskins is not as much pressure on him. So I think he'll be better fit in New York. Than um has than um Murray my fault. True, I agree with that. Haskell would be a better fit, and both of them would be able to learn under Eli Manning. But the pressure of putting Haskins in won't be the same as putting Kyler Murray in because they're gonna want to see Kyler Murray play with Saquon and Odell Beckham Jr. Everyone's gonna want to see that's gonna be that'll bring the Giants some money. Just having those three in the field mm-hmm. in your future that'll bring a lot of money. What you would think about Nick Foles? He's not going to be franchise tagged by the Eagles. You think the Giants might look at getting Nick Foles? Um, that'll be a lot of money because Nick Foles is looking probably for like twenty million a, a season, and True. they can't afford that. Jacksonville might be good, but the thing with Nick Foles is Nick Foles hasn't played well anywhere outside of Philadelphia. He's been mediocre quarterback at best anywhere outside of Philadelphia. So you're really taking a, a chance by signing him. But if, if, if Joe Flacco could get a job, Case Keenum could get a job, the dude from Buffalo... Who, Nate Peterman? Yeah, Peterman, who unfortunately plays for my Raiders. He could get a job. <laughs> um, Nick Foles could get a job and get paid $20 million a year. Just not by the Giants. Yeah. Um, there are some teams out there that do need a quarterback. The Redskins, the Dolphins, the well, I was thinking the Patriots need a quarterback, but I'm not. They need a backup quarterback to like groom. Redskins, but the Redskins, I wouldn't. I would do like a two-year deal or something like that. I wouldn't sign no quarterback unless you believe him uh, long-term. Not, not with the Redskins, absolutely not. (laughs) 
The Redskins need to like they do need a quarterback. They probably should get Nick Foles. Nah, think about it. But also the Jaguars, like you said, the Broncos, they need a quarterback for the future. So draft time, I think they should be looking for a quarterback. Raiders, they possibly might need a quarterback. They might not like um what's his name Derek Carr anymore. That's another quarterback the Giants could possibly look to try to go get, maybe make a trade for. May, I don't know if they're gonna do that because they're gonna have to pay him and Eli Manning is gonna be a lot of money. And like I said, the Giants they need a quarterback. So the draft, Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray, all those teams, all those the Redskins, Dolphins, Patriots, Jaguars, Broncos they're gonna be looking for a quarterback in the draft. Kyler Murray and Haskins those are the two best quarterbacks on the board. So we're gonna see who who grabs those two guys. Giants need to get one of them. That's all I know. They definitely need a quarterback of, of the future. They can't yes. be keep relying on Eli Manning because his he was done last year, so it's, it's his time is running up. He's on borrowed time right now. Very true. For for all but, that, they might as well trade trade Odell Beckham. They're gonna just waste him away like that. Yeah, you wasting his prime. I feel for Odell Beckham Jr. He's trying to win games. You throwing Eli Manning out there acting like he's gonna win some games for you? No, he's not. He's costing you games most of the time. But let's move on. Let's move on to another NFC East team. The Dallas Cowboys, they bringing back Jason Witten. I'm going to just say, I think Jason Witten got fired for Monday Night Football. Dallas Cowboys, they didn't want to have Jason Witten look embarrassed after being such a disappointment on Monday Night Football, so he brought him back and made it look like he wanted to come back and play football. I don't believe it, to just be honest with you. He was done his final year in the football. He said that he was done. He wanted to go be an announcer. You're telling me he's gonna leave four years, $16 million to be an announcer? He's gonna leave that just to come play football for the Dallas Cowboys and be a shell of himself and get only $3.5 million for this year? Come on, man. Come on. He's not... I'm not leaving another $12 million on the table. He got fired. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think he was doing a terrible job in Monday Night Football. The oh. games I did on Monday Night, he was not that good at all. Um, I would assume it's very hard to call a whole game if you've never done it before. He, he damn sure ain't no Tony Romo. <laughs> and I think he just, he basically, he positioned himself to get like um, a management job in um Dallas. He sees Dallas the team and he got they got a good squad and he could just be like a player coach essentially. And um but I don't understand if I didn't know he was making sixteen million dollars a year. No, not a year. He made sixteen million dollars for four years. Mm. For and not and not have to do none of the that hard work of going to two a days for uh for practice. He didn't gotta do um, getting hit all the time. But I, I guess his game, his game is not really like uh, a Tony Gonzalez or a Shannon Sharp. All he do is run a little button hook, uh, a little out or something like that, and, and position his body so he'll get like a first down. He's like, uh, a safety blanket of sorts. So his Sweet. game is not really predicated on, on athleticism, and he's a good blocker. So I guess you can get that little bit out of him. But he's no he's no difference maker. I tell you that. You're paying this man three point five million to block and catch an occasional pass. Um, I don't know, man. I I really don't know. You're not gonna convince me that this man left an extra twelve million dollars on the table 
to come back and play football for the Dallas Cowboys just to be a person that catches little five-yard routes every once in a while. Like, you tell me the Cowboys couldn't find a better wide receiver? There's a there's plenty of other wide receivers they could have signed that could be better for them right now. Martellus Bennett, a former Cowboy, he said that he would want to put the band back together. Why don't you bring Martellus Bennett in? He, he could probably contribute more than um Jason Witten right now. Also heard on Colin Coward's show, the Herd, Doug Gottlieb, he was on the show filling in for Colin. And he said that Jason Witten might become the Nets head coach for the Dallas Cowboys. That's why they didn't give Jason Garrett an extension. Like, if Jerry Jones done some dumb stuff like that, they don't deserve to win. If he couldn't call a play-by-play, you expect him to give him the head keys uh, for the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys? Come on now. That's what I'm saying. But then, then again, Ezekiel Elliott posted on Instagram, welcome back, coach. Maybe he's right. I don't know. But I definitely would not want If he didn't produce, he might as well be a coach. Yeah. Go be a tight ends coach. Go help out Rico Gathers and the other Cowboys tight ends. There's no reason why Jason Garrett needs to be back on the field. That's all I think. He does not need to be back on the field at all. Let's talk about some quick topics that happen in the sports world outside of basketball and football. Of course, Bryce Harper, he finally got his money. He's going to be joining the Philadelphia Phillies for 13 years, $330 million. I think that was stupid, but he wanted security. What do you thought about that um, signing of Bryce Harper's? Like, why would you, why would anybody sign a 13-year contract? Then the 13-year contract with no opt-outs. I didn't understand it at all. I heard uh, the Dodgers was offering him four years at like 180 like 40 million a year or something like that yep. and like, i would have put that deal in a heartbeat not only are they actual uh world series contenders that you're not locked into this long ass contract that you can't get out of like, i don't understand why you anybody would sign a 13-year contract no matter what league you in <laughs> bryce arpin said that he he just wanted the most money in a contract he didn't care about his annual salary like you said, he could have went to the Dodgers for four years, 180, and then turned around and got another big-time deal. The short-term deal with the Dodgers, and then hit up Philly or a different team for that 13-year deal later, and you could have ended your career on that. But why would you take... I'm not I'm not taking no $330 million when I could have made 180, re-up for another couple... after another couple years and made more money. But Philadelphia Phillies... Yes, they had a good year last year. They was a big surprise team. But are they really going to take that next step and make it to the postseason? That's my only thing about these big contracts that Machado and Bryce Harper got was that are they going to win in these places? Because the whole reason why teams don't want to give you these big contracts, one, is because they don't think you're going to last that long. Two, because giving you these big contracts don't usually equate to winning. They don't. Is, is Manny Machado going to win in San Diego? Baseball has to do something. They have to have their big stars in big time areas. What the hell is Manny Machado gonna do in San Diego? He's gonna be in obscurity for like the first three, four years of that contract. The Padres ain't gonna win no playoff games or make the playoffs the first couple of years. They're a young team that haven't done anything in years. I haven't heard about the Padres in years. And then the Phillies, they had a great year last year. Like I said, hopefully Bryce Harper can make it to the playoffs. You got to have your big stars in like in these big areas that actually win to actually bring more people to the game, make it more interesting. Like Mike Trout, this nigga's the best player in the league, 
but I guarantee you, nine out of ten people can won't even recognize Mike Trout if he they saw him walking down the street. And Mike Trout does nothing on the Angels. And speaking of big contracts, the Angels they gave a big ass contract to the Albert Pujols, and what is what have they done? That's what I'm they saying. regretted. They regretted every day. And I'm definitely one of those nine people that wouldn't know Mike Trout if I walked past him on the street. And um, that's, that's a damn shame. Like I said this last week, I always say this. The baseball and football need to learn how to market their, their star players. If they did that, they would see the growth in their sport the same way NBA does. But that's just dumb. And that is all the topics we have for sports. Thank you, Andre, for coming back and being my co-host for today. My pleasure. I appreciate it. All right, man. Now we about to get into a little segment I like to call Speak On It, where I talk about some topics I found interesting outside of the sports world from this week. Let's get to it. One story I saw this week that I wanted to give my opinion on and share with you guys is about the retail apocalypse. I did not know it was this bad, you guys. I really did not know. Apparently, 300 retail stores closed in a matter of 24 hours this past week. And that brings the total to 4,500 stores have closed so far in 2019. And it's only March. I'm afraid of what's coming up next because we got, what, nine more months to go? Well, 10 more months to go because March just started. I'm afraid for these people that have these jobs, they're gonna make lose them. I feel bad because obviously online sales are taking over. These robots, man, online sales are just taking over right now. Who's gonna want to go to stores and try to close on still? I I would want to go to the store and try to close on, especially if I don't know the store yet. This is the first time going to the store. I would want to try to close on first. If I know the store, after that, I don't really need to go into the store and be on long lines and all that other stuff. I'll just wait for it to come to my door and that's it. But I just feel bad for these people that lost their jobs, man. Some of the stores that were affected were JCPenney, Gap, Victoria's Secret, Jimboree, Charlotte Roos, Macy's, Kohl's, Payless. You know, Payless closed all their stores. You know, Sears had their big um, closing as well. Kmart, too. And Kmart is owned by Sears. Tesla's even closing their dealerships, all 378 of their dealerships. And they're going to only do online sales. I don't know about online sales for cars. I would rather go in person to go check out the car. I wouldn't want to just look at it online because it come to you and look like crap. So I would want to go see the car that I'm actually going to be able to go purchase. But all these other stores, I understand why the retail apocalypse is happening. But I just hate it for the people that work there. I just really do. Prayers out to them. Hopefully they find new jobs and they, they hope they get severance packages because some of this stuff to be happening out of the blue. And I feel bad for the people, man. I really do. Hopefully. You guys pray for them. Keep them people in your prayers. You don't want to lose your job. I know how it feels to not have a job. So it sucks. It really does. Especially those government workers know how it feels not to have a job either. So all y'all, keep your prayers up for these retail workers. It really sucks. Some other news. AT&T is selling its 10% stake in Hulu to Disney, which is going to give Disney 70% ownership in the streaming service. Which is a big deal because they're about to start their own streaming service with Disney Plus. It's supposed to have all this stuff like Marvel things, all their TV shows. So they're supposed to have their own streaming service and they're buying their own streaming service. My only thing with this is I ain't, I'm trying to get out of cable, man. I really need to get out of cable. 
it's becoming a thing of the past. I don't really, you don't really watch any of the channels. You watch maybe what, 20 channels on cable? I need to get to something else that gives you the channels that you want to watch. Or at least that they should cable so that you pick the channel that you want to have on your thing and pay for that. Like, I was looking at Hulu. I was gonna do Hulu. I was like, damn, maybe I should go switch to Hulu. It's only $45 for live TV. It's a little extra if you want to add like HBO, Showtime, and Stars. But it looked good. And then I looked at the channels. It was missing some key channels for me. Key channels. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. But I have to have BET. I have to, yes, Black Entertainment Television. I have to have that. And I have to have VH1, MTV. I have to have those channels, especially VH1. If I need to watch my, my Ratchet Mondays and Wednesdays, I need to watch it. My shows come on those two days. Monday is Love and Hip Hop, New York, and Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. This is Love and Hip Hop in general, except for Miami and the other one, LA. I don't like those two. But the first two, fine. I know, guys, judge me all you want. I watch Love and Hip Hop. I watch Black Ink. Those are the only two reality shows I watch. I've been watching them since I was in high school. Can't give them up. Can't give them up. If Flavor of Love was still, I'll probably still watch Flavor of Love. And plus, Charlemagne always says, and I like Charlemagne, so I, when he said it, I was like, you know what? He's kind of right. Ratchetness and righteousness are the yin and yang of life. So you have to have an equal balance of both. My ratchetness is those two shows. My righteousness is everything else I watch. So let me live, and I love those shows. And also Wendy Williams. That's kind of one of my ratchet vices, but... I stopped watching Wendy Williams so much. By the way, Wendy Williams will be back on Monday. So you guys better check that out. Monday, March 4th. You guys better check out Wendy Williams. Only reason I'm telling you guys to check that out is because I'm waiting on Wendy Williams. I'm going to be tuning in. If I'm home, I'm going to be tuning in because I want to see if Wendy Williams is going to tell people about what's going on in her family life. Just do it, please. Please, Wendy. I'm, I don't even care what's going on. I really don't care, but for your show to live on and for me to get the hot topics that I like to hear every once in the blue moon, I want to hear. I want to hear you have a good show and have your hot topics. If you if you want to talk about your hot topics, you gotta talk about yourself as the hot topic. You do. I don't want to hear you talking about Jordan Woods and all that stuff. I'm not talking about Jordan Woods. I hate. I don't want to talk about anything like that. And by the way, Will Smith, I'm very disappointed in you and your family. Why the hell are you getting mixed up in that whole Jordan Woods situation? I'm disappointed, in Will Smith. I really am. Will Smith, ever since he started being on Instagram so much, he's been doing a lot of stuff I have I, the Fresh Prince I don't think would ever do. The Fresh Prince Bel-Air would never do half the stuff Will Smith has been doing lately. I really don't like it. Him and Martin doing this Bad Boys movie, they look too old. Too old. Too old to be able to do his Bad Boys movie. Call me an age discriminant. I don't care. I say it about everyone. I think Denzel was too old to be playing a blind man in Book of Eli. I think Denzel's too old to be a man that beats up people at Equalizer. I think he's too old. I don't believe it. I don't believe that Denzel could do that stuff. A blind man beating up people with a knife. I don't believe it. And same thing with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Like, don't get me wrong, the first two bad boys were great. Don't get me wrong. But now to see bloated Martin Lawrence running around, I don't want to see that. Will Smith, they're not going to be running around. Come on, man. They better pass the torch to someone else. But yeah, like I said, back to Wendy. Wendy, when you come back Monday, please, please talk about everything that's going on don't try to sugarcoat it don't try to hide it just be open just be transparent and you, your fans are gonna love you regardless your fans are gonna love you if you talk about it your fans are gonna love you but if you don't talk about it i'm telling you i was reading articles this week your fans are not gonna be happy they're already not happy that you were away for so long now if you come back bs and not talking about what was going on i'm telling you they're not gonna be happy with you so just take some word of advice 
Because my mom is one of these fans, and a lot of Wendy fans been talking like how she been talking. So, just take some word of advice, Wendy. I know you're not going to hear this before your show, but I hope your show comes out and does something positive. Not positive. You know she ain't going to be positive. She always talks about people. It's not positive. But, you know, hope it's back to how it's supposed to be, at least. But, yeah, we was talking about Hulu. And this whole thing's supposed to be about Hulu and, and Disney buying Hulu. Like I said, I just care about it because I'm looking for a new... I need something besides cable. So if you guys have any suggestions where I should go, don't tell me Sling TV. I don't... Sling TV only has MTV and VH1. I don't just want to watch those channels. I need other channels. I just need... Need... My Ratchet Mondays with Love and Hip Hop. And my Wednesdays with, um... With Black Ink Crew and stuff like that. <sighs> and then, of course, TJT. That's not Ratchet, though. TJT is only how to get with murder now, so... Ain't really much TGIT. But anyway, stop talking about TV. Next topic. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. One more thing. Disney, I think it's cheap what you're trying to do. You better combine these streaming services you have. Disney+, Plus, ESPN, ABC. You better combine all those things and stop making people play separately for each. That's messed up. Put everything under one umbrella for Disney+. Plus. All the Marvel, all ESPN, ESPN+. Plus. Put that all under one umbrella. Stop making these people pay extra money for your service. Stop it. And Netflix, stop raising the prices too. We see you out here raising the prices. Just add some ads and let that be the way that you make more money instead of charging people more money. The only thing that you Netflix just have was because it was cheap. Now they're trying to raise prices on us. Be careful of that. Watch out for Netflix. If you have it, they're testing some new prices that they might want to raise it to. Their plans to. So just be wary of that. You might want to go to Hulu. Hulu is ad based, so the prices are cheaper because they make most of their revenue. They make most of their revenue through their ads. So, just something to keep in mind. Just something to keep in mind. But let's move over to to politics. Cory Booker, you know, presidential hopeful Cory Booker, looking to get the Democratic nomination. He reintroduced a bill Thursday to legalize weed nationwide and expunge federal convictions for possession and the use of the drug obviously well it's not really a drug the use of marijuana so that's a great thing i thought it was a great thing this week hopefully it goes through 68 percent of democrats want to see weed legalized according to a 2018 cbs poll so that's probably why a lot of the other candidates that are running for the democratic nomination signed on and decided to help out cory brooker get this bill passed some of the people are senator Kristen gillibrand Kamala Harris. That's the person I'm rooting for so far. So far, it's Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. I wouldn't mind seeing Kamala Harris or Cory Booker work underneath each other as vice president and president. Either one, I wouldn't mind seeing it as long as they're working together. But that's what I was saying. Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and Elizabeth Warren are the ones that were joining alongside Cory Booker to get this legislation passed to legalize weed nationwide, which is a great idea. The bill also creates a community reinvestment fund to be used for projects like job training, re-entry services, and community centers. Another good idea. We need to reinvest. If we are going to have legalized marijuana, they should reinvest that money back into communities, especially communities of color, like the bill is supposed to do. Booker wants to reinvest that money the government will make off the legalization of weed into lower income communities and, and communities of color hurt by the war on drugs. Back in the 80s, the war on drugs, the epidemic, the crack epidemic, that hurt a lot of black communities across the nation. I think people, some person was saying that they should use the legalization of weed as reparations for African Americans. I don't know about all that. 
but I mean, it did disproportionately affect more people of color, so I understand why people would say that. But I don't know about that. Just investing the money back into our communities is good enough, into the schools, into infrastructure, into community centers, so kids are not out there doing wild stuff on the streets. We're gonna talk about someone doing wild stuff on the streets next. I don't believe this next story, but back to Cory Booker. I think what he's doing with this bill is good, and he's gonna help him with his presidential nomination because people are gonna be like, wow, this is a good bill for the people, and especially lower income people. They're gonna be gonna get a lot of those people on his side now with this legislation that he's trying to get passed. But Cory Booker also had a quote. The government is going to make billions of legalization. We see how governments are good at redistributing money up to society. But what about struggling communities that have been so harmed, not just for a year, not just for 10 years, but for decades? They should get reinvestment in jobs, economic opportunity, education, and more. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And he's talking about when he says not just for a year, not just for 10 years. I think he's talking about the opioid epidemic that everyone is going crazy about. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe this opioid addiction is bad. I think it's worse than what people think about weed because a lot of people are taking these painkillers and they're getting addicted and they, their kidneys are failing and all this other stuff. I would never want to take no medication the doctor give me. I would rather do something else. I wouldn't want to take those prescribed medications like those Hati cotton and all that other stuff that got these people addicted. But this opioid epidemic and national emergency that everyone wants to call for, it's there was an emergency before. Instead of trying to help people out and calling a national emergency, they decided to put black people in jail and call it the war on drugs. So me feeling bad for this opioid epidemic, I feel bad for the people, but also I feel bad for people that went to jail when they needed help. But now, since it's called spade a spade, now since more white people are taking all these drugs, and are being affected by the opioid ep epidemic. Now they want to call it a national crisis and a national emergency. We need to help these people. We need to help them get a, get off these drugs. They weren't trying to do that for black people in the 80s. They were trying to send these black people to jail. A lot of people went to jail for frivolous crimes like smoking marijuana. And, and their lives are ruined now. That three strikes out, that included weed and stuff like that. Thanks to Clinton. And we're not gonna let Clinton get away with still being the first black president. He ain't the first black president. He's one of the first presidents that actually harmed us too. Shameful, man. Shameful. I don't want to go too deep into all this stuff. Just saying, I like this bill that Cory Brooker is trying to get passed. It's a great idea. And I hope he does use this money from the legalization of marijuana to help the communities that have just been affected for years and decades by convictions due to marijuana use and the sell of marijuana. When it's not as bad as the other stuff that these drug companies and the hospitals be selling you. Drug companies and hospitals are drug dealers too. They sell you drugs that that, that mess up your kidneys and stuff like that. And they have you addicted for years. And meth and all this other stuff, you're going to be addicted for years. Methamphetamine, all that stuff. You're going to be addicted to all that thing. Weed, I never heard weed messing up people like this. Never heard weed messing up people like this. That's all I'm saying. <sighs> but back to the other story I was going to talk to you guys about. It was a man in the Bronx. I hope they caught this guy. I haven't seen any news about it since I saw it on Friday, but this man in the Bronx, he just walking, walked up to a group of people on the street and start shooting. Now, I'm not one to talk about people because I don't want this man to come find me. He ain't gonna find me anyway, but still, what kind of stupid idioticness is this that we have people shooting at young people in the middle of the street? Are you insane? 
What idiot? Th like, I don't care. You can come at me all you want. Like, I'm not gonna let someone just do some stupid stuff like that and let it go. Especially in the Bronx where I'm from. Hell to the no. You're not gonna do no dumb crap of that like that in the Bronx. And Charlemagne's always saying this about the people in the Bronx. The craziest people come from the Bronx and all of Florida. I don't like that little connotation that they have about us in the Bronx. Everyone in the, in the New York always thinks the Bronx is the worst bro. Hell no. We not that bad. It's just stupid idiots like everywhere else in New York. is uh, They have their bad sections and they have their good sections. It's just idiots that do stupid stuff like this like shooting some crowds with little kids around and think it's cool and think it's fun. I hope they catch his ass at the end of the day. I hope they catch his ass. And I'm sick of that little stereotype that Charlamagne has out there that we that the crazy people live in the Bronx. We do have some crazy niggas, but there's crazy people everywhere. Let's put that out there, man. But Florida, he's right about Florida. Florida, every day, donkey every day is a religious thing for Florida. So I don't like what this kid did in the Bronx. So we gotta catch him. If you know anything, go I'm I'm not an advocate for snitching, but when you do stupid stuff like this, you deserve to get snitched on. I'm sorry. Final topic for this week, we're going to talk about Black History Month. February is over, and I think it's a good time to reflect. I am not happy with what happened this Black History Month at all. At all. I was reading an article by CNN's Penel Joseph, and he basically outlined how my sentiments of why I'm not happy about this Black History Month. It wasn't one of uplifting. It wasn't anything like oh i remember that i appreciate this black history month. i learned a lot this black history month no i didn't learn a lot all i learned about was scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal being perpetrated against the black community and i don't like it i don't like it the month started off with governor ralph northam in virginia him with his blackface controversy <sighs> i'm not even gonna go into it this man wore blackface and then he wanted to act like he's about to moonwalk on stage with his, his wife had to tell him no we're gonna get to his wife later but his wife had to tell him no not to do the moonwalk and he had two blackface scandals he did it twice by the way he did it twice and one of the times he used shoe polish as the as a way to make his face black i don't know where he been but i never seen a black person as black as shoe polish shoe polish is usually like that jet black i never seen a jet black person at all ever it's just disrespectful. Yeah, I thought it just wasn't black enough. I had to, the regular stuff wasn't working. I just needed something really black. Get the fuck out of here, man. Just disrespectful. And then Liam Nielsen's confession about his failed attempt to hunt, capture, and kill a random black man after his white friend's sexual assault. Lord have mercy. I don't even need to say anything about this either. I understand where Liam Nielsen's coming from. If my friend was sexually assaulted, I would want to attack the person that did it. I would probably want to kill him too. But when you say that you wanted to just run outside and kill the first black person you see, basically, that just sounds like, I don't want to bring up old shit, but it sounds like some racist ass shit that people used to do back in the day. Like They were just mad, so they would just find a random black person or a black person that looked like the one they were trying to get, and they would teach them a lesson and make sure that lesson's passed on to all the other black people. No, no, you're not going to tap people and think it's going to be cool with it. I ain't cool with that, Liam Nielsen. You should have said, hey, my friend was sexually assaulted and I really wanted to kill the man that did it. Not I was going to look for the random black guy and go attack him and capture him and kill him. No. Racist. When I call him racist, I'm saying his statement was racist. And then we had dumbass Jussie Smollett. I'm not going into him again. I already talked about him enough last week. If you guys want to check out my thoughts on him, go listen to that. 
All I gotta say is he's an embarrassment to the black community. He's an embarrassment to the LGB community. He's just an embarrassment. And he just needs to be sent somewhere else. Go to prison. I don't know. He don't need to be here no more. His black heart has been revoked. He's not no gay Tupac. He ain't, no, he ain't nowhere near Tupac. At all. At all. Well, he's gonna be like Tupac. He's gonna be in jail like Tupac. I hope he's in jail forever. <sighs> and then, Green Book, they won the Oscar. A lot of people were mad about that because he was saying it was a reverse driving Miss Daisy. And black people was sick and tired of the movies about the white man who finally learns about the prejudices that black people go through and decides to turn over a new leaf and protect the black man. They were sick of those type of movies. Now that I hear the title, I'm like, damn, a lot of movies do have that type of storyline. And I'm sick of it too. I didn't even think that, to be honest, I know I'm probably gonna have my black car revolt, but Black Panther really didn't deserve to be nominated for Best Picture. I'm sorry. If you if you take away all the hype of just it being Black Panther and being a black movie, did you really think that Black Panther, the story and everything was a great movie? It wasn't that great of a movie. I thought, to be honest with you, Avengers, that movie was a great movie. It had great acting, great acting. James Brolin, if anyone deserved to win an Oscar for like a, a voiceover and just a, a superhero movie, acting james brolin deserves an oscar for that he did a great job as um thanos in that movie i thought avengers was a better movie it's a better movie than black panther but i could understand the cultural impact that black panther had and that's why i got nominated same thing with black Clansman. black Clansman was a big movie i kind of i did want to see my man spike lee win best director instead he won best adapted screenplay and seeing him jump into Samuel Jackson Arms was a great sight. It was a good thing. He dropped some knowledge about this year being 400 years since slaves first were landed in America, basically. So he did drop knowledge about that. And that's why it's sad that 400 years after slaves first landed on American soil, now we have to deal with all this scandal and all this stuff during the Black History Month. We're supposed to be having this as a time as a celebration, not time to be talking about this dumb shit that white people did or dumb shit that Jesse Smollett did. I don't know, man. It's just, it's just disappointing. And then I don't know if you guys saw this. It was the Senate hearings with Michael Cohen. And there was one exchange during the Senate hearings. Mark Meadows, after Cohen said that Trump was a racist and all this other stuff, Mark Meadows thought it would be a grand idea to prove that Trump wasn't a racist. And his idea of proving Trump wasn't racist was very racist. Just saying. It was a racist idea. His idea was to have Lynn Patton, the person that Trump assigned to the housing and urban development, and the person that's out there right now, or was out there staying in the New York City housing projects, or NYCHA, he was staying there for a good four weeks. Every week he's gonna, she's supposed to be staying at different ones. First off, I think that, that idea is stupid. I understand why she's doing it, but she could have just took notes, asked people what's going on, what you need to be changed, instead of doing like a publicity stunt and actually staying there for a whole week all that's not necessary it really isn't necessary just help the people out they're freezing over there in NYCHA that's all I need to say they're freezing but anyway back to Senator Meadows he brings out Lynn Patton and he basically just has her standing there right behind him and then he goes on and gives his little speech like didn't you say yesterday Mr. Cohen that Trump is a racist do you recognize the woman behind me and he was like yes I do it's Lynn Patton, the woman I helped, I helped her get her job now that she has with President Trump. Yes, I recognize that woman. 
And this idiot, Senator Mark Meadows, he says, yes, this is Lynn Patton. I'm glad you acknowledge that you helped her get this job with Trump. Yes, Lynn Patton is, is an African-American woman and she loves Trump. She, she profusely denies your claims that he is a racist. This nigga, that is the most embarrassing thing you can ever do. And Lynn Patton is just standing there, just standing there looking foolish. Why this white man's using her as a prop? Like, you see this? This is the person that loves Trump. No, 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 you don't do that. You don't do shit like that. That's embarrassing, embarrassing. And for Lynn Patton to agree to stand there as a prop, like, you're a black woman, like, be proud. What the fuck are you doing? When it came to you with that idea, you should have said, hell no, fuck this job, I don't care. I am not standing up there as your guinea pig, as your prop. Prove that you love black people. I'm not your prop. I'm not your token Negro. Fuck out of here. You got the wrong one. I would have said that. You got the wrong one. I'm not standing up there. You gonna have to trick me. You would have to trick me. You had to tell me I'm about to get a million dollars. And that's the reason why I'm standing right here. I am not standing there for you to use me as a prop. And I'm glad that Representative Rashida Tlaib called this man, Mark Meadows, out on his actions that day. She called me out and said, what you did was racist. Having a black woman stand there next to you as a prop and showing off as a reason, as a symbol that Trump loves black people is ludicrous and itself racist. It's racist. Why would you do that to somebody? That's embarrassing. And, and the fact is, white people think that's okay. You think that's okay. I'm not even trying to be racial with it. It's not okay. I'm letting you know. White people, if you ever had this idea run through your head, I'm telling you right now, Un unthink it because we all gonna think you racist i'm telling you that right now if you don't want to look racist if you don't if you're not racist you want to see racist stop saying oh i have a black friend don't say that this is my black don't say that no more don't say it because one you're dealing with black people once you say that they definitely not gonna believe you're not a racist so you might as well just leave it alone they think you're racist fuck them fuck them or prove, find a different way to prove that you're not racist i don't know i don't know don't use the, oh, this is my black friend. Look, I have black friends. And then point out your one black friend. Don't do that no more. Stop doing that. Mark Meadows, you were wrong. And if you don't see you were wrong, I don't know what to say. I really don't. And then when Re Representative Rashida Tlaib went at him, his explanation for everything, he was just like, oh, I'm, I'm highly offended that you would think that I was being racist with my actions that at the in that moment I was just simply trying to show that Trump does have black people working for him and he's not a racist I was just simply trying to do that. I have black. She said, oh, I have black nieces and nephews myself. Oh Lord. Stop doing that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say it. Just stop saying that. That's all I gotta say, man. That's really all I gotta say. Mark Meadows, guys, if you want to go check out that whole exchange between Mark Reynolds and Rashida Tlaib and Lynn Patton, go on YouTube and find it out. CNN had it in the article by Penel Joseph. Just check that out if you want to see it. <laughs> I don't know what to say anymore, man. Really don't. And that's not all the scandals that happen. There's more. There's really more. You can't forget about the blackface scandal with Gucci. Gucci has a blackface jacket, the blackface sweater. The ridiculousness and then also burberry they had their noose as joy strings on a hoodie like come on come on like i really feel like these niggas is doing this on purpose now because there's no way you put this shit out during black history month and didn't think like hey uh this don't look right this don't look right it's black history month maybe i shouldn't be putting out a gucci jacket with blackface maybe i shouldn't be putting out uh i shouldn't be putting out 
uh, I don't know. I should be putting out Burberry, uh, a hoodie with a noose around it. Uh, that's not a good idea. This, there has to be someone working in office that told you maybe this is not the, a good idea to come out, especially during Black History Month. It's not the best ideas of putting it out during Black History Month. Maybe a different month, maybe some other time, or maybe never. Like, that would be a good option, never putting out something that has a black face on it or black face character on it. That would work too. And then, to end the month off, you gotta go right back to the Northams. You gotta love the, the Northam family in Virginia. You just gotta love them. Governor Northam's wife, Pam, as I said, I was gonna talk about her. I was gonna talk about her. She ended the month by handing out cotton to the only three black kids and a group of kids that went to go visit the governor's mansion as a part of a tour. I'm not exactly sure where they were touring, but he, she was leading the class tour. And during the class tour, she hands out cotton, but she only hands the cotton out to the only three black kids in the class. And then asks them, can you imagine being slaves? It hasn't been proven that she actually did this, but she did make a statement apologizing for it. So obviously she did do it. All I gotta say is, white people, don't do stupid shit. Stop doing this stupid shit, stop. If you really thought that handing cotton to little kids was a good idea and asking them, can you imagine how it feels to be a slave? If you really thought that was a good idea, you don't deserve to be in the governor's office at all. All I gotta say about Pam Northam is, I thought you were the smart one. You told your husband not to do that stupid moonwalk on stage, so I thought you were a smart one. But clearly not. <sighs> this Black History Month wasn't that too uplifting for us. And I hate it. I really do. The fact that Kevin Hart is like the only thing I've heard about. Oh, Kevin Hart did a special for Black History Month where he's talk telling kids about Black History. I think it's cool, but I don't want to learn about Black History from no Kevin Hart. Thank God I do my own research when I want to do stuff like that. I don't want to learn about no goddamn black history from Kevin Hart. I'm sorry. Kevin Hart's cool. He's a great, great comedian. Well, he's not a great comedian, but he's a great guy. He does a lot of good things, but I don't think he's that funny. I think he's a good comedian. He's not a great comedian, but I just don't think you shouldn't be learning black history from Kevin Hart. That's just me. You should take more initiative to go learn about something before Kevin Hart has to teach you about something. If you learn about Malcolm X through Kevin Hart, there's something wrong. There's something wrong in your everyday life. Person that you learn about Malcolm X from is from Kevin Hart. If he teach you about some obscure black historian, cool. Freaking Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, you better not be learning that from no Kevin Hart. I'm serious about this, very serious. That's all we have for today. Sorry to end on such a somber note, but it had to be said. We gotta talk about Black History Month. We gotta talk about all these scandals and we gotta just shed light so hopefully next year will be way better. And we can celebrate Black History all year round. We don't have to celebrate that month. But it's just sad that the month that is dedicated to us, it wasn't celebrated properly. But it is Women's History Month. Hopefully that goes way better. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank my brother again, Andre, for joining me, talking about some sports. Again, if you want to talk about any one of those topics, sports topics, or any one of the Speak On It topics in this segment, you can hit me up at superjunior underscore 93 on IG and Twitter. And you can also listen to the podcast by going to those social media sites, going to my website, and listen straight through there or on any one of the streaming platforms. It's available all over there. Spotify, Apple Music, all over the place. We here. But thank you guys again. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Enjoy your week. Have a blessed week. Until next time, guys. Yes, Lord. It's the shit I want to go out to. 
Yeah, yeah. It's the shit I wanna go out to. 